Welcome to Church on the Hill. <laughs> this, this is us. This really, I want to say this is kind of out of the ordinary, but it isn't. It's who we are. And, uh, you know, God is not a God that won't be boxed in. He won't be. He can't be. There's nothing that can box him in. He can't be boxed in. And I want to encourage you to leave your box at home. Boxes keep us from, uh, from experiencing breakthrough. Boxes keep us from hearing the truth. Boxes keep us where we are. And God does not want us to stay where we are. So, with that said, I want to encourage you to worship the Lord. We are a worshiping church. We are not a music church. We are not a contemporary church. We're not a casual dressing church. We are a worshiping church. And we do all these other things. But we are a church that worships God. And uh, I want to encourage you to go with us. Let's worship the Lord together. And we did not have any of this. I mean, we had a couple of these songs planned, and then we kind of got off the page a little bit. But David Trumbly hearing, David had told me about his uh, dream last night. And then someone from his class came in saying, man, there's a stirring in worship. And I just thought, you know what, let's just bring David up here. What is God doing? What is God saying? Then we hear that it's going on in the well. It's going on in Burton's class. It's going on in our lives. You know what? Somebody wake up to God moving and get going with what God's doing. Um, as, as Moses said, I don't want to go where you're not going, God. I will go where you're going. I will go where you go. I will go where you go. So, I want to encourage you. When the first prayer starts, when the music starts, go. Don't stay where you are. Don't get caught in the song. Go to the Lord. Get your heart turned to God. Get your heart completely on God. It's not the music that you're attracted to. It's the presence of God. And Satan will mask it by music. Satan will mask it by style. Satan will mask it in any way that he can to keep you from experiencing the presence of God. And I want to tell you, experience the presence of God. And if you're led to cry, cry. Let go. If you're led to raise your hands, raise your hands. If you're led to get up here and do a, do a dance, do a dance. You can also do dances back in the back. <laughs> <laughs> You can do a dance right where you are. But move, move, move to the, to the Spirit of God. True worship is not just an emotional experience, even though it can be very emotional. Worship is a very emotional thing to me. But it reaches the depths of my soul and touches, touches every aspect of my being. And I want to tell you that this message that we're going to be experiencing over the next few weeks is an interactive message. And if God moves in you, bless you, if God moves in you in your seat to respond, respond. Now, I don't want a three-ring circus going on in here, 
But I want the kingdom of God going on in here. So we're not just going to be a spectacle to be a spectacle. But if God is truly moving, move. Move. This is an interactive message, and if I do my job, if we come into the presence of God, something's going to happen in you. And something, there should, be, there should be a sign. It should be visible, your life changing. Right here, right in front of each other. <laughs> the light going on. You know, that obedience is the highest form of worship. Everybody say obedience. obedience. It's the highest form of worship you can offer God. In fact, when obedience is absent from your relationship with God, I guess I can start my PowerPoint. Let's start on one. How about that? There we go. When obedience is absent from your relationship with God, no other sacrifice, no other thanksgiving or worship will have enough value to cover your disobedience. Listen to me, you can come in here and play a good game, but if you're not obeying God, there's not enough game to play to cover your disobedience. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, we're talking about Saul here. It says, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. So, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, caught up in the style, in the music, in what feels good, in the emotionalism, let's stop and let's obey God. It's the highest form of worship. Pastor, that's not near as fun as doing songs that we can run around and jump and hoop and holler to. It's not my, it's not my kingdom. It's His kingdom. The world's kingdom makes you want to feel good. Do what feels good. God has another way of doing things, and His way will lead you to victory, but it goes against the way you feel. You can't go by emotion. Can you imagine all your decisions based on how you feel? <laughs> how many of you enjoyed the extra hour of sleep this morning? How many of you hate losing the daylight? I hate it. I hate the time change. I don't like it. Like an extra hour of sleep, but not at the cost of an hour of daylight. It's not based on how we feel. Obedience is not based on how we feel. And what God's talking about here is Samuel, uh, uh, Saul had been told when he went to war not to keep anything. Kill it all. Don't take any plunder. Don't take anything. Kill it all. And what did Saul do? He kept the best stuff. Then the prophet Samuel says, what have you done? And what did Saul say? I kept that so we could sacrifice it to God. So many times we disobey and somehow spin it in a way that we're somehow obeying God. God says, no, you were disobedient. There's not enough cows for you to kill that can cover your disobedience. Obey. First and foremost, obey. It's better than any sacrifice you can offer. 
it's better than any gift you can bring to the altar. Your obedience. Amen? When King David committed adultery with Bathsheba, then he plotted her husband's murder to cover his sin. God confronted him through the prophet Nathan and said, your baby's going to die. And David immediately got on his face, prostrate before the Lord, fasting and praying for days. And finally, he saw his servants talking. Something had changed, and he knew what had happened. He knew his child was dead. But what I want you to catch is what David did when that happened. He got up, he cleaned himself up, and he worshiped the Lord. He got up, he cleaned himself up, and he worshiped the Lord. David knew God. David knew the Lord. And David was a worshiper. In the heat of your affliction, and I believe some of you are in the heat of it right now, I want to encourage you to stop what you're doing and worship God. Stop what you're doing and worship the Lord. The only thing that has any substance, any value, any creative power at all is worship. And you know, I think that almost every living creature has its environment that it excels in. For instance, the eagle excels in the air. Have you ever seen an eagle flying? It's unbelievable. Take the dolphin. The dolphin, of course, excels in the ocean. Or the cheetah excels on the ground. It is a running machine made to run 60 miles an hour at times. But I believe that God excels in an atmosphere permeated by worship. When you worship him, I believe he gets excited. Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into jail for preaching the gospel. And God was in heaven minding his own business in Acts chapter 16. Until Paul and Silas started singing. They're in jail. They've been beaten. And they start singing hymns and spiritual songs in the darkest hour of their pain and isolation. And even though their bodies ached and their feet were painfully confined in, stock, in stocks, they filled their dark shadows of the jail at midnight by singing at the top of their lungs to the glory of God. And as the sound of their praise and worship filled that cell in the heart of the jail, the other prisoners started looking around. Start in, locked inside that miserable place, began to listen. And suddenly the atmosphere began to change. Did you feel this morning in worship the atmosphere change? Because it changed. Something happened. It's the presence of God. When they started singing, the atmosphere began to change. And I want you to know that you can change the atmosphere right where you are too if you will worship him. I don't think you'll ever find yourself in the same situation that Paul and Silas were in. That negative of a place, beaten, in jail, for doing the right thing. But if you do, if you will begin to worship and sing to the Lord as they did, I believe the atmosphere will change. Why? Today's topic is why worship? Why? Why when you're in the pit of hell? Why when you are in a jail cell? Why when you have no way out? 
to worship. Why would you worship him? What would ever lead you to do that? Because God will hear you. How many of you today need God to hear you? I am desperate for God to hear me. I'm desperate for God to hear me. I believe that he was sitting on his throne. Just go down this road with me for just a minute. Minding his own business. And then Paul and Silas began to sing. And God heard. Have you ever just been kind of silent and all of a sudden you hear something? Have you ever deer hunted and you hear a crackle in the woods? I believe God heard something. And he started to get excited. And he turned to the right hand and there was Jesus. And he, he looked and turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm going down there because I like what I hear. And I'm going down there and I'm going to put on my earthquake slippers. And I'm going to walk around a little bit down there. And I'm going to show them who I am because I like what I hear. And I believe as he was leaving Jesus, he's saying to Paul and Silas, I'm coming. Keep singing. I'm coming. I'm coming. Do you remember when they started to sing? What happened? Why worship? Everybody say, why worship? Because chains will fall off. Chains will fall off. What happened? God put on his earthquake shoes. He started walking down there, and the place started to shake. And what happened? Chains fell off. Literal chains fell off. Glory to God. What chains have got you bound right now? I want you to know you need some earthquake walking on. It may not have made any sense. doesn't matter. You get it. You need God to do a little bit of walking. You need Him to move in your life. There is nothing that has you bound that God can't free. Right now. Right where you sit. What are you bound with? Why? Why won't you worship the Lord? Why not get free? Why not? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, Satan would tell you that's just for Paul and Silas. But God would tell you, I don't play any favorites. I don't play favorites. Jesus Christ died for you the same as he died for Paul and Silas. The inheritance of the saints go for Paul and Silas the same as it goes for you. When God is moved, he moves in all power for you. Not just for the stories that we read in the Bible. For you. So why not worship? Man, that's a good message. That's good. Amen. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I need to get free. I worship you, Lord. You are good. In Jesus' name, come down in power in my life. I love you, Lord, and I turn from what I've been doing. Lord, I praise you, and I want to hear your word, and I want to walk in your word because I need to get free.
because I have need. I have need. So I will worship because I have need. I will worship because I love you, Lord, and I want you to see that I love you. But most of all, I need you to come. Why worship? You're crazy not to. You're wrong not to. You're off not to. You are missing it. Why not worship? You have a reason to worship. You have a reason to worship. Either it's that just God's good and you're not who you used to be. Or maybe you're, you're so bound up you can't get free. Or maybe you need a financial breakthrough. Maybe you need power in your marriage. Maybe you need your kids set free. You have a reason to worship. Maybe you're bound up with... Yes. I thank you that you stepped in and you broke through in my son's life. Yes, that's right. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I share where your son is? uh, Jehu is at Teen Challenge right now as we speak. This is not some little thing that they're walking through. But let me tell you, Jehu loves the Lord. Jehu's whole life is in front of him. I am so excited for where he is going in his life. And it is because of the grace of God. And it's because he's got a mom and dad that will not put up with hell coming at them. They will stand up. Now, I want to encourage you, stand up. Quit putting up with, with, um, with the world. Quit putting up with it. Why worship? Why worship? Why worship? Because God comes. He doesn't just hear you. He comes. As Daryl said, I thought he was going to preach my message as he uh, started giving his word up here. But thou art holy, thou inhabitest the praises of his people, the praises of Israel. uh, The way I like to read it is God inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? When you praise the Lord, God comes. And he doesn't just stay for just a moment. It's not just a little dinner party and then he goes home. He inhabits. He makes camp. He stays. He doesn't go. He stays. You want to know how to get God in your life? Worship Him. Inhabit means to live in, to reside, to occupy, to populate some place. When we worship and praise the Lord, He lives there. He resides there. He comes and He stays. But He doesn't just stay. Justin, are you about to have a fit up here? It's good. If you've got something to share, I want to hear it. He doesn't just inhabit. You read the same Scripture in a different translation. It says that He is enthroned. Not only does He come and inhabit, but He enthrones. What does that mean? 
That means he is king of your life. He comes in as king. You need a king. You need the king. If Jesus is not the king of your life, something else is, and it needs to be dethroned. When you praise the Lord, what is king gets dethroned. He is enthroned in the praises of Israel. He becomes king of your life. We sing the songs, but this literally puts him there. When we genuinely, and that's what happened in here this morning, when we genuinely praise the Lord, you know what God does? He comes and he is enthroned. It's why the atmosphere changes. The atmosphere is not changing because you're here. The atmosphere is changing because God's here. And when God comes, God only, God only has position of king. God doesn't take a second position. God's king. And when we praise him, he comes. When he comes, he comes as king. And he sets up shop. I'm here to stay. Why worship? I'm going to close with this one. Why worship? Oops. Let's catch up. Because of blessing. Who here needs blessing? Zechariah chapter 14, verse 17. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be, say it, no rain. Who gets no rain? Do not come up to worship. So we can read, those that come up to worship will receive rain. We need rain. Rain is life. Rain is growth. Rain makes your seed. Rain makes the seed that you've sown come up. No worship, no rain. Have you been in a drought? I'm going to give you a rain dance. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. One of the reasons I love to worship God so much is that I appreciate rain and I need rain. It's time to adjust our response to God. Amen? Amen. Y'all actually don't stand up. Ushers, y'all come up. Let's take communion. Let's go ahead and let's um, set our hearts to worship right now as we take communion together. Church, I just ask you, I'm going to pray as they're coming up. And y'all go ahead and start getting ready to serve. Father, in Jesus' name, we desire to turn our hearts to you in truth, in spirit and in truth. Lord, not playing a church game, but playing, but, but genuinely turning our hearts to you, Lord. I am desperate for your move. I am desperate for your move. Lord, Church on the Hill is desperate for your move. We right now are about to take these communion elements, Lord, and we want to turn our heart and renew our commitment to you, God. To acknowledge, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins, but Lord, to turn our hearts to you. Thank you, Lord. As Brian Mueller comes up, uh, let's, let's all turn our hearts to God.